Hi, this is Josh Raymond, and I'm very glad to be able to welcome you to this special hour of The Inner Life. This hour is one of our favorite episodes from this past year. I really hope you enjoy it and that it helps you in your spiritual journey. As always, you can find this episode and all of our past podcasts at our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening, and from all of us here at The Inner Life and at Relevant Radio, we want to wish you a very blessed and Merry Christmas. So did you do much Christmas shopping this past weekend? Black Friday, and then it ran into the weekend. It seems like it rolls all the way into Cyber Monday right now with some of the deals from retailers. And what are some of the hottest toys out there for Christmas, the must-haves that parents are trying to get for their kids this year? Do you know what they are? I'll tell you some of them coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Ray. It's always so good to be able to spend this hour with you here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. As we look at different aspects of our spiritual life, how we can grow closer to God and have that hope of our eternal reward in heaven. I am Josh Raymond. So the big toys this year, the ones that are showing up on multiple lists from different places, I looked at a number, uh, places like CNET, the Toy Association, the Toy Insider, and some others. Most of the items that you would see on these lists, they're associated with names or with brands I'm sure you probably already know. According to these different lists, these are the toys that might be in short supply due to overwhelming demand here leading up to Christmas. Some of the names that you might have even played with when you were a child, one is Play-Doh. Play-Doh has an ultimate ice cream truck toy playset. And it's, it's big. It stands as tall as the child. Uh, Barbie, that's another one, has a new dollhouse, the Barbie Dream House, which stands also very tall, a little under four feet tall, has a working elevator. It has a slide that goes from the second story to the first floor of the house. And there's a DJ booth, you know, all the standard things most of us already have in our homes. Um, <laughs> Nintendo, they have a couple of things that show up on these lists. Uh, they have video games and other things like that, yes, but if you are familiar with the video game Mario Kart, this year there is a child-sized actual Mario brand battery-powered go-kart that your child can run around, drive around in. costs around $400, but your child can drive around in this Mario go-kart up to 8 miles an hour. One of the toys that's on every list I saw, but it's a new name, something I wasn't familiar with until just a little while ago, I don't know, within the last month or two. It's a stuffed animal kind of toy called a Squishmallow. Have you ever heard of these? I don't get the appeal, but I'm also not eight years old. I will tell you that my younger children, they seem absolutely taken with Squishmallows. So one other brand, one other brand on this list and it's not only on this list. It shows up almost every year on the list of hot Christmas toys, some version of their product. This brand, this company, as of last year, 2021, it was the largest toy company in the world, and they've been making their signature product since 1949. That's 73 years now. Any idea what company it might be? I'm talking about the interlocking plastic toy bricks that we know as Lego. I think for myself, it was probably in the year 1980. I'm pretty sure that was when I got my very first set of Legos. 
And it was a very basic set, simple blocks, but I would get one every year, at least for Christmas, sometimes on a birthday. And even into my early teens, I still enjoyed building the different sets with those Legos. Back then, they didn't have any of the branded sets they do now. You couldn't get anything that was Star Wars or superheroes or anything like that. Now there are. You know, They've got almost any kind of popular movie or television show or other kind of uh, you know, popular uh, brand out there. They're cross-branded sets with Legos. When it comes to Legos, I think there are two main universal experiences that most people have with these toys. The first experience. This is when you're walking barefoot and you accidentally step on one of those little bricks. You don't see it, and it goes deep into the heel of your foot, and then you're hopping around in pain for a couple of seconds there. The second experience, the other experience I think that most of us have had with Legos, is trying to build some sort of super tall structure. How high can you build that Lego tower? How high can you get it to where it'll still stand up and not fall over? The first attempt that you do especially if you did this as a child like I did, it's simply you place one brick on top of the other. You only go for height. You don't think about the structural integrity of the tower. You're just trying to reach as as high as you can reach or get it up to the ceiling if you can kind of bend it up there. But this, of course, is almost certainly going to collapse because there isn't that base support for those upper pieces. It's going to not be able to balance. It's going to wobble at some point and collapse on you. Then you have to start working on putting together some sort of broader bottom layers, the foundation that can support that upper part of your tower. Even that might take a little trial and error until, you know, you've had it fall over again and again and you discover it's only when you have a very solid wide foundational support in place that you can eventually start to build that really tall tower going up higher and higher, kind of tapering it as you go up as long as you have enough bricks to do that. Well, today in the gospel reading that we hear at Mass, we hear Jesus talk about the difference between two different kinds of people, the actions of a foolish person and the actions of a wise person. And he compares wisdom and folly to the way that you would build a house. A wise person knows that they need, kind of like those Legos, you need that foundation Otherwise, things will eventually collapse. And this is what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life. What we need for our spiritual foundation. We want to look at those building blocks that are essential for our spiritual life. And joining us for the hour, Father Dave Heaney is back with us once again. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. Father Dave is the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And his latest book is called Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. And that's available through Ave Maria Press. Father Dave, welcome back to The Inner Life. So did you ever play with Legos when you were young? I did. And I loved, I, we actually had Legos, we had Tinker Toys, we had Lincoln Logs. Um, my twin brother and I, we used to love to construct things. Um, and, and like you say, we would often build towers and see how high we could get something. That's a, really a great analogy to the spiritual life, the idea of, you know, constructing something beautiful using many, many small pieces, uh, small little acts here and there that uh, slowly build up our spiritual life. That's a great, great image. Thanks for... Uh, 
for mentioning that. Well, and I forget. Yeah, I, I played with the the uh, Lincoln Logs and the Tinker mm-hmm. Toys as well. <laughs> Seemed to have like a bucket for each one of those in our house when I was growing up. But well, so today we have. The, the gospel reading that we hear at Mass, this comes from St. Matthew's Gospel, mm-hmm. and it's at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we hear the Beatitudes. You know, he starts off by telling us how to find true joy, how to truly experience and live a blessed life. And here he concludes his sermon by explaining the difference between what it means to be wise and to be foolish. Um, before we kind of start looking at what he's saying here, could I just ask you to read through the gospel reading for us, Father? Uh, I don't have it in front oh. of me. No, well, actually, I do. Wait a minute. I can get it right here. And if you'd like to follow along while Father is pulling that up, it's in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, and starts in verse 21. And an easy place to find that, uh, one of the places I go to all the time for the daily readings, is the U.S. website for our bishops here, usccb.org. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, None of those who cry out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And anyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on rock. When the rainy season set in, the torrents came and the winds blew and buffeted his house. It did not collapse. It had been solidly set on rock. Anyone who hears my words but does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who's built his house on sandy ground. The rains fell, the torrents came, the winds blew and lashed against his house, and it collapsed under all this and was completely ruined. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father Dave, in this reading that we have here, um, you know, the, the real words that kind of differentiate, it's everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them, or everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of, you know, the, that's what differentiates between the two. So we've got two things here, listening to the words of Jesus and acting upon them. Um, the listening part, where do, you, where do we start with that? I mean, obviously we're listening to the words of Jesus in Scripture. That's, that's uh, maybe a very obvious place to start. But other ways that we can kind of listen to Jesus? Besides the direct ways like Scriptures or the sacraments or liturgies, uh, sometimes we hear it just in the words of loved ones who are talking to us, maybe, you know, kind of pointing out something that we need to work on some type of correction that some is you know that they see and we don't that can be that can be a very important um, message for us to hear uh, we always want to be open to that some type of correction that we might receive from others also praise if someone sees something that we do well um, and compliments us and praises us we don't want to minimize that we don't want to um, you know disregard it but take it in as a, as a beautiful compliment. So I think sometimes the comments that we receive from others can be a, a, a way of God speaking to us, hopefully it's, if it's done in fraternal love and charity. Um, of course, the signs of the times, you know, God speaks to us in the signs of the times, sometimes good things and bad things. You know, if the society is going in a bad direction, that's an important message that we need to know. 
if we see society, some areas of society going in a good direction, that's something that we need to recognize and see as well. So I think just a real sensitivity to kind of all the messages that are coming in and, and learning from them and, and uh, discerning them with, with uh, the virtue of wisdom. Well, and as you're talking about that too, you know, that there's that discernment process. It can't just stop there just with the recognition of what we mm-hmm. see, how God might be speaking, because um, we have to do something with that information. If we don't do anything with what God is telling us, we end up falling into that second category where Jesus says, if you yeah. don't act on these words, you've heard them, but you don't act on them, then you're like a foolish person who built their house on the sand. Yeah, and I think, you know, the definition of a house built on rock is precisely, you know, the person who puts who puts these ideas into practice, who transforms this beautiful words that Jesus says, and then the person who actually lives them. And the person who who has behavior, Christian behavior, who acts in, in the way of the Lord, by doing that every day, uh, it builds a habit, and a habit can become a virtue, and the virtue is the rock. And that rock can only happen through practice, through daily acts of rehearsal, of uh, you know, kind of doing all these beautiful uh, acts of charity, or patience, or courage, or prudence, or chastity. By doing those little things each and every day, like those little Lego blocks that you were talking about earlier, which is just really a great image, uh, those little, many, many little acts, many little bricks build a wide base and very solid and very strong and make sure that, you know, all of the, the uh, bricks that you put on top afterwards are going to remain there, no matter how strong the winds are, because you have a very, very solid foundation on rock. What does it mean to have a house built on rock, according to the Gospels? It's when we put things into practice. We make them part of our daily life, and then we become a solid uh, we have a solid foundation and a solid life that, that can't be collapsed by all the wild things that are going on in society today. So as you're talking about, you know, those behaviors that we put into practice and they can grow into these virtues, um, is, is there kind of a starting point that you think there where, it, you know, if, if, we're, if we're looking at the different ways that we could grow in certain virtues. Um, and, and I guess it might be good to talk even about the ones that we can kind of practice on our own and grow in our own strength versus the virtues that are a gift from God, that, that we really just have to simply pray and ask God to gift yeah. those to us. I think those are two, two, um, two approaches. One is to, you know, just kind of choose a virtue and say, I think I'm going to develop this stronger in my life. And the other is sometimes life tells us which virtues we should practice, which we need to develop. Because let's say you have a difficult boss at work or a difficult coworker, And so that's in a way God calling you to develop the virtue of courage, you know, maybe to speak out uh, in a courageous mode to correct a coworker or even a boss, or the virtue of patience to, you know, kind of bear something um, or humility. So sometimes life events kind of tell you what virtues you need right. to Right, they'll just develop. direct you naturally where you need to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes you just say, well, I, I would like to grow in this, so it's kind of your own autonomous idea. 
And both are beautiful. Both, I mean, anytime you develop any virtue, it's a good thing, whether it's because of a life circumstance or because of your, of your personal choice. You know, one other line that uh, is in this reading, this gospel reading we hear at Mass today, is it's kind of this warning right before Jesus talks about the wise man or the foolish man, the wise person, the foolish person. And it's, it's kind of this warning, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And I think that goes back to that you can't just, you can't just have heard Jesus say something and not act upon it. You have to do something with it. And that, that is so important that we just, I, I guess it, it really stands out to me, having come from a Protestant background, where so much of the message is, if you just believe, if you just believe. Well, yeah, absolutely. Belief and faith are so, they are essential parts of the spiritual life. But you can't just stop right there and say that is sufficient. No, it's not. There has to be the action that follows there. And that's what we hear in kind of that warning, and then Jesus follows it up with this little kind of example, this parable of wise man versus foolish man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the cold dichotomy or break between faith and works that was kind of a classic Protestant Catholic line is really a false dichotomy. It's a false break. You can't separate faith and works. Right. Um, they're really two sides of the same coin. Can you imagine a, a married couple where, you know, the husband every day says, I love you, I love you, I love you, but then never shows any loving behavior, you know, never does anything about it. Or the husband who is very complimentary, very loving, but never says, I love you. And, you know, so the spouses need both. They need to hear the words and they need to see, see the behavior at the same time. I mean, a marriage is a perfect example of faith and, and works melded together, two sides of the same coin, and inseparable. We need the words, and we need the acts together. Talking with Father Dave Heaney here on The Inner Life today, and want to invite you into the conversation as we're talking about some of those building blocks, the foundational elements for our spiritual life, our spiritual growth. What are some ways you have been building that foundation in your spiritual life? Maybe you've also done that as a parent, helping your child or your children, helping to set those first layers of a foundation for those young people that have been entrusted to your care that God has given you? What are some of the things you've done to build that solid start for your kids? Maybe you have a question about how you can grow in the virtues, about how you can understand God's will for you, how you can listen to Christ and be able to act on what he's telling you. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Dave, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's just right after the break here pick up on that line, you know, the, the one who will enter the kingdom of heaven is the one who does the will of my Father in heaven, I think then it becomes, how do I know God's will? You know, there might be some very general things that I can know in, you know, in a broad sense, but then there's going to be unique issues for me personally. You know, where is God leading me personally? So let's, let's talk about understanding and knowing God's will when we come back here. You're listening to The Inner Life. Again, our phone number to join the program, 888-914-9149. More to come here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, flexible premium life insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you with us here today as we're talking about the building blocks, the foundation that we need for our spiritual life. Our spiritual director is Father Dave Heaney. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And uh, again, our phone number here, 888-914-9149. How have you been able to build that foundation in your life? Through prayer, through frequenting the sacraments, uh, through even good friendships, through spiritual reading ways that you can build that foundational support that allow you to grow and allow you to be have a healthy spiritual life. Again, our phone number, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, right before the break, said, want to get back to what Jesus says at the beginning of the gospel reading we hear today at Mass, where he says, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. We talked a lot about the activity, the action that we are called to take when we know God. But there's also the other part of that. We want to do the will of God, but to do the will of God, we have to know the will of God. So how do we know God's will for us? And you know, there's some things that we could know in a very general sense. You know, we could look at the Ten Commandments, or we could look at how Jesus summarizes the commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's kind of these places that we could start, but then each person, you know, we're, we're all going to have our own unique circumstances, situations for our own, our own path, our own, you know, spiritual journey. So, alongside those general understandings of God's will, where do we start to understand and know God's will for us in an individual sense? Well, that's a great question. I would say, first of all, that the general ideas are the most important. The idea of loving yourself, loving God, and loving others, the Ten Commandments. We don't want to minimize those because because they apply to everybody. They, they They apply to everybody because they are the most important. But another way that you can look at God's will for you personally is through your uh, personality, through your interest, through what are the kinds of things that you like to do. Some people like to work with other people. Some people like to work alone. Uh, Some people like to be creative. Some people like to do the same thing over and over. Um, We all have a different personality. We all have a different kind of way of being in the world. And we can... One way we can look at God's will is how can we use the kind of person that we are, and not that one is better than the other, but they're all different and unique. And what does that tell us? Uh, so if you're the person that is very sociable, you're very outgoing, you, you like to be with people, uh, you might be able to use that in terms of you know maybe being a teacher, a religious education teacher, someone who organizes things in the parish to help out uh, prayer groups, scripture uh, scripture classes, things like that or even just social events in the parish. So kind of taking, you know, your personality, your unique set of talents, 
and how can you use them? So that's the way to think about it. Just think of the words of the consecration. This is my body and this is my blood given for your happiness. So what is your body and blood? What are your talents and abilities? What, who, who, who is the person that you are? And then to think, how can I use that for good? How can I use that to help other people in some profound way? So that's the way, that's God calling you, calling the unique person that you are, your body and blood, your unique set of talents and abilities, and to think, how can you use them for some good thing? It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be just even within your family or or with your network of friends or or just at work. But it's it's a way of thinking of yourself in terms of here you are, you are a unique set of circumstances of body and blood, and how can I use this these gifts that I have uh, for the good of others? That's the way God calls us to, to live in the world. I, I like that idea of looking at the way Jesus offers himself, too, because, mm. you know, he, he, uh, he wants to do everything for the glory of God the Father, mm-hmm. and he's not looking for that glory himself. He knows, because he is the second person of the Trinity— that God will glorify him in that. But I I like that idea of offering because then it becomes not me looking at the things I like or that I want to do, the the things that interest or, you know, excite me and saying, I want to do this because I want the reward. I want to do it for myself, but rather, God, how can I take this and offer it for you for your glory? Mm -hmm. And when you are glorified, then I know that I will I will share in that as well. Exactly, and and maybe that's why our Lord gave us the Mass because every every Mass is a reminder of how we are. Every Mass reminds us how Jesus used His life, and it's a reminder of then how we can use our life as well. Uh, so let's talk about the basic conversation that we have with God. That's prayer, of course, and prayer is something that we talk about regularly here on the Inner Life. It's going to be obviously one of those foundational building blocks for the spiritual life. Um, when we enter into prayer, mm-hmm. the the approach that we have to prayer, we have to have some sort of understanding of who God is, but we also live in a world where so many people, so many voices out there are trying to tell us who or what God is or who or what he isn't. When when we want to have a right understanding of God, how do we how do we differentiate? What are maybe some of the problematic but common views of God that are circulating out there that aren't accurate that we should just be kind of on guard against? Well, there's many, and basically to say that any view of God that does not look at Him as a loving Father is a distorted view because that's the only way He wants us to see Him. But one of the most common ways is, uh, you know, I, I kind of think of it as, as a slot machine in Vegas. You know, you put the quarter in and you pull the handle and then you get something out. Um, so it's a transactional view. And that's just one of the most dangerous views in which people say, look, Lord, I prayed five rosaries today. You owe me. <laughs> you know, you, uh, because I've done this, therefore you must do that. We can never put God in our debt. And that's just a, that is a very common understanding. If I do all these things, then God owes me health, wealth, blessing, grace, whatever. Um, and that's just a, just a very terrible way of understanding it. Um, I think also sometimes asking God for what we should do ourselves. 
I mean, you know, I, I know many of our students here at St. Bruno's School sometimes say, you know, dear Lord, I had the math test today. Give me the answers. <laughs> right. That was my prayer when I was in school. I, I think Europe, everybody's you know? had that kind of prayer, yep. <laughs> so, you know, God says, you know, uh, do the homework and you will get the answers. So we, we don't want to ask God for what God has designed us to do for ourselves. Um, I think sometimes people think that, only, uh, that God only listens to saints, that he would never listen to my prayers, that he would never, you know, bend an ear to me because I'm such a, a bad person. Um, those are, I think, very common ways. Um, I think the other way of dist- uh, distortion is saying that prayer is only the prayers that you find in books. The Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Memorari. And people don't think that they can just talk to God normally like they would talk to anyone. So I think those are all common distortions. And none of them deal with God as a loving father who always has our best interests at heart. You know, the parent is not going to give the answers to the mass test to their kid because the parent knows that it's better for the kid to do the homework. Um, The parent would love for the child to just talk spontaneously to him at any moment. Um, A loving father will will always be available. Um, So our prayer has to, we have to direct our prayer to really this image of our father who art in heaven you know, as Jesus says, a loving father and anything else is just uh, not going to be effective and not going to help us put those Lego bricks together for our spiritual life. Right. Well, so once we have that mm-hmm. that proper view of God, uh, where do we start at that point then so that it's not necessarily, yeah. you know, we we feel like it's only formal prayer or that our prayers aren't being heard? How can we approach that time that we spend in prayer so that it really is a true relational uh, interaction. It's, it's a dialogue back and forth. I can tell you one of the most profound lessons that I received about prayer <clears throat> happened many years ago. I was in a parish, and I happened to walk over to the church to check on something, and I saw a man kneeling, head bowed, hands clenched, clearly in intense prayer. He was really praying intensely, I could tell, and I was glad that he was there. And I went back to the rectory, and a little while later, about an hour later, the phone, the doorbell rang, and I opened the door, and there's the guy, and he asked if I could, if we could speak, and he said that he had just come from across the street where there was a big hospital, and he had just been diagnosed with cancer, and he was praying about it, and he said, you know, Father, I haven't been to church in 30 years. I'm not a religious person, but I need to talk to you about this issue. So we did. But then I thought to myself, this guy hadn't been to church in 30 years, was not a religious person, yet he was praying intensely for a full hour. I think a lot of parishioners would have a hard time praying intensely for an hour, but he was praying intensely for an hour because he was praying what I call the main thing in his life. The main thing in his life was he was facing death from this cancer. And so he was bringing that to prayer to God. I think any time that you pray the main thing in your life, you will never be distracted. You will never think of anything else because your brain is designed to always put the main thing in front of you. So one way you can always begin prayer is before you begin prayer is to think, what is the main thing in my life? And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be financial problems, 
family issues, children issues, you know, work issues, health issues, whatever it is. Uh, just what, whatever is the, what is the main thing that's facing you right now? And if you bring that to God in prayer, just by talking in just normal conversation with God in prayer about that main thing, you will discover that you will never be distracted and that you will have a wonderful conversation with your best friend, your constant companion, uh, who wants to hear from you. So I think the first thing is think about what is the main thing in your life and pray about that. Again, our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, he is the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California, talking about the foundational building blocks that we need in our spiritual life. What are some of those ways that you have built that foundation in your life, through prayer, through the sacraments, through different spiritual reading? How has it helped you? Maybe you're a parent, and you've helped your children start to build that foundation. What are some of those things that you've done to build that solid start for your kids? Or maybe you have a question about how to build that better foundation. It feels like there might be something lacking, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement, you can call and speak with Father Dave at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Philip, who is calling in from Cedar, Michigan. Hi, Philip. How are you building that foundation in your life? Uh, well, thank you for letting me uh, take the call, Josh, and, and thank you, Father, for the subject. Um, well, uh, first of all, uh, I've been building on sand for the first 40 years. I'm 62 now. And uh, it's like a do-it-yourself project. You know, when the foundation isn't God, it's uh, built on sand all the way. And finally, uh, I hired a a general contractor par excellence, and that hiring was Mary, you know, and it didn't cost me anything. Um, But she uh, was the one with the plumb bob. She's the one with the level and the square, and those are her, her rosaries. Uh, that uh, she has me implement on a, on a daily basis. And now for this uh, third part of my life, uh, from 40 to 62, um, the, the structure sound uh, is beautiful. It's coming together. Uh, the corners fit. They're nice and tight. Uh, it's insulated. And uh, it's magnificent. And, and that is the difference, I believe, uh, is that we have to have Mary in our life uh, Mary is so important. She is uh, the builder. I mean, look who the the owner of, of the structure chose uh, to start the, the the structure, the structure of all mankind, Jesus Christ. He chose this little woman, Mary. And I think it's important to have her for our GC. Hey, Philip, that's a great, great image. I love the two images that you talk about. First, the first part of your life, which was self-directed, you call it a do-it-yourself do project. And do-it-yourself projects are kind of always famous for not turning out too well, uh, kind of haphazard a little bit. These pieces don't fit together. But then you went for expert advice. You came to the general contractor, Mary, as you call her, uh, and that's wonderful advice And um, because, you know, she was the finest follower of Christ. And her exit words, the, the last words that she says, not the last time that she appears, but the last time she speaks in the Bible is at the wedding feast of Cana. And her exit line is, is so beautiful. She says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And so there we are directed to the master craftsman, the, the, the one who knows our life better than anyone else. 
and can put it together and put all the pieces so that they all fit together perfectly. So uh, great call, Philip. I'm glad that you uh, called in. I'm glad that you found this master craftsman to help you with your spiritual life and that everything is going so well. So keep up the, the good the good work in the vineyard of the Lord. Thank you for calling in. And again, if you'd like to join the program, our phone number here, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. What are those foundational elements that have helped you in your spiritual life? The things that have allowed you to see that growth, that progress. Um, maybe like Philip, it took a little bit of time. You know, there was that uh, <laughs> that week, that lacking foundation early on, but you've been able to make that turn around. Maybe you feel like right now you have that week or that lacking foundation, and you're not sure where to begin, and you'd like to talk with Father Dave. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. We'll be back with more with Father Dave Heaney here on The Inner Life in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for being a part of this hour of spiritual direction, The Inner Life here. And if you joined us late, I would always, of course, encourage you to go and listen to the entire podcast. It will be posted on our website, relevantradio.com, as well as the Relevant Radio app, which is a free download in your mobile devices app store. You can find it there. It'll be posted shortly after the program ends. And I uh, want to say thank you to Nick Sentovich, Sarah Tafoya, Cyrus Simcoe, as they're helping to produce the program today. And thank you to our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, who is with us here today. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Today, talking about the building blocks, the foundational elements that we need in our spiritual life. And uh, we've talked about... Uh, a number of different things, really been focusing on prayer here over the last 10 minutes or so. And Father Dave, I'd like to go back to what you were talking about, the main thing that you talked about. You know, you gave the example of the man who had come into your parish from across the street from the hospital there and spent so much time. You, you said he just was in intense prayer for an hour, where it might be difficult for many Catholics who aren't going through anything that's as challenging as the diagnosis that this man had, you know, that, that it'd be difficult to spend that intense time for an hour in prayer. And it made me think just of myself as a parent, if my children, and I've, I guess I've seen this even more as my children have grown, you know, I've got some that are adults that are out of the house, and when they come back or they give us a phone call, or there's something that they talk about in their life, and they say, yeah, this is the thing that I'm really, I'm really focused on. It's the thing that's got my mind kind of preoccupied. My wife and I, we just naturally, we don't have to, we don't have to make any effort. 
We don't have to look at each other, talk to each other, say, okay, well, they obviously need, our child needs our help in this area. They're looking for advice, for insight, for some guidance. We just naturally want to help them in whatever that situation is. And I think if it's so natural that my wife and I do that without any sort of planning or preparation, you know, how much more does God, our Father, want to help us, you know, so if there's that main thing that, you know, if there's there's an issue in your family, if there's something going on in your job, if there is an illness, whatever it might be, it's, you know, bringing that main thing to God, he's going to want to listen and help and give you consolation in that time already. Well said, well said. I mean, because you are loving parents and you're interested in your children. And if they, if they present the main thing that's going on in their life, you're naturally going to be focused on it. And and so you're right. And how much more so is our Father in heaven, a loving Father for us who loves to hear from us. Um, and look, it could be anything that we talk about, but certainly for ourselves to pray the main thing um, is, is a way of praying that um, he certainly is the most interested in, you know, kind of like what's going on in our life. That's what our Lord wants to hear from and just start talking with our Lord, to kind of expressing it in words, making it intelligible, finding the way of expressing it, is, is helps us as well because it helps to clarify it. Uh, when you have to explain something to someone else, it actually clarifies it for yourself in a better way as, as well. So just even the act of prayer can sometimes uh, just by itself produce uh, insight and wisdom and maybe even answers. Father, let's talk about the sacraments, another aspect of our faith, of course, foundational. Um, You know, baptism, that's going to be foundational. It gives us entry. Uh, It initiates us into the church, the starting point of our spiritual journey. This is then completed and perfected in the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, the the Eucharist, of course, you know, that, that's going to be completely foundational. Confession, without these sacraments, you know, we really would, there, there'd, there'd be this lack of, of anything to build upon there. You know, the, mm-hmm. we, we have so much richness. Can you speak to the importance of the sacramental life for any Christian? Sure. I, you know, sacraments by their nature um, have something physical about them. You know, baptism is water, the Eucharist is bread and wine, a marriage is another person in the house. And so it's a way of us connecting physically and materially with with the world. We're not just living in the world of ideas or feelings, but, you know, kind of connected to the world and especially connected to people. Uh, Just to take as an example the sacrament of marriage, you know, is, is, you know, really one of the, the main images in the entire Bible is this image of a marriage between ourselves and God. But in marriage, you know, you have this actual human being in the house with you. And that's always going to be the main thing. It's going to be, you know, for good and bad, good times and in bad times, sickness and in health. You have this other person here which can help you develop virtues in a very profound way. You can develop the virtue, what I call the virtue of discovery. How can I discover new things about my spouse? Don't assume that you know her or her, him, fully backwards and forwards. Develop the virtue of discovery, discovering new parts of this person's personality. Uh, Obviously, we have to develop patience. I think, importantly, wisdom. You know, what's important and what's not? Do I really want to make a stand on this issue in the house or let this one slide? So, 
you know, wisdom, patience, you know, what I think is this beautiful virtue of discovery. This is something that, and this is something that you're called to do every day because this is, you're encountering this person every day. You know, mass happens every Sunday, God willing, every, every once, a, once a day for those that can make it daily mass. But marriage is someone that is in, is in front of you all the time and is, it can be a school of virtue for you. If you, if you look at that relationship well, it can develop all the important virtues that you need for this solid foundation. Yeah, well, I, I, I love that example too, you know, that there are times where your marriage is going to absolutely call on you to be patient. Mm. <laughs> and you might not have started out as a patient person. Right. Um, you know, my wife, she'll let me know if I am not excelling in that virtue of wisdom, if, uh, <laughs> if there's something where uh, you could probably, you know, say that better, or you could do that in a better manner. Um, yeah, she'll, she'll let me know. She'll let me know lovingly, but she'll definitely let me know. So there are those ways that you can help each other. And of course, there's that kind of classic phrase that we talk about in regards to Christian marriage. You know, the end goal of marriage is to help each other get to heaven. And I yeah. think that might be another thing that we could talk about here, too. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll look at the the personal relationship that we're supposed to have with God, which is, of course, important. We've been talking about that that dialogue of prayer. But we also need other Christians. We need community. Can you speak to the importance of being part of a faith community? It's the way God designed us. God designed us to be in relationship with other people. You know, at, you know he, he looked at Adam by himself and said, this is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. There has to be someone else with him. And so we are designed for relationship, marriage, you know, one-on-one as a priest. I'm designed in relationship to a whole parish. Uh, so it, it, we, we don't live in a bubble. We don't live in a vacuum. We live amongst other people, and that's how we develop our virtues. And developing those virtues will certainly get us to heaven, but God wonderfully designed that our process of gaining these virtues will make us happy here as well. Remember the old catechism lesson, you know, to be happy in this world and to be with him in the next. So that's building that solid foundation certainly will give us the goal of heaven, but wonderfully God designed us in such a way that we can find that happiness and peace and joy already here, the kingdom of heaven starting here, despite how bad the world is, we can find that joy here despite all that. Uh, Father, down to our last couple of minutes here, but one of the things that might also be good to talk about at the end of the the hour, growth is typically slow. It's it's gradual, you know. Right. And um, I mean, even if you think about how much you might have grown, you know, growth spurts when you were, you know, an adolescent, a teenager, it's still somewhat gradual. You know, it doesn't all happen overnight. And sometimes I, I think we don't realize how much progress we've made, how much we've grown in our spiritual life until we look back, we kind of have that distant perspective. But when we're just going from day to day, the small moments of life without that long look back, that kind of perspective, how do you think we can have kind of reassurance that we are indeed on the right track, that we have the right foundational parts in place so that we are growing healthy and growing spiritually? I think two things. I think uh, just a sense that you always have this sense that God is with you, that you don't feel abandoned. Just that sense that God is with you, that those were his final words, I am with you always until the end of the world. Having that sense that God is with you. And then I think having a sense of peace despite the world. 
you know, Jesus sent his disciples out into the world, difficult as it was, and yet he taught them and trained them to have a sense of confidence and peace. And confidence, of course, comes from confidere, means with faith. So I think having the sense that God is with you and just having a sense of peace, uh, even if people around you are going crazy and, and there's bad things going on in the world, you can still have that sense of calmness and peace and joy within yourself. I think that going forward is, is a way of measuring how, how you are doing. Well, and I like that, the joy, the peace, you know, that if you have that, it kind of goes back to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we talked about these these words that we hear at Mass today are the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning, how do we have that blessed, that yeah. joyful life? And that's a good place maybe to go back and, and just have a refresher, you know, what are those Beatitudes? And they'll point you to the joy, the blessedness that we can have with life in Christ. Father, down to 30 seconds, could I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing as Absolutely. we conclude? Heavenly Father, help us grow in our love for you, especially in our prayer and developing virtues. Help us to grow each and every day for a solid foundation of the spiritual life. We ask this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father Dave, for being with us here on The Inner Life. And if you joined us late, again, the podcast, it'll be posted here shortly at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. I hope you can join us tomorrow as we're going to talk about repentance. What does that mean? We hear those words from St. John the Baptist coming up this Sunday. We'll talk about that tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. Mass starts right now on Relevant Radio. 